I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. The 2023 Sooner football season, or the 2024 Sooner football season began, depending on your point of view, with a 38-24 loss to Arizona last week in the Alamo Bowl. Oh, you saw a lot of good things out of freshman quarterback Jackson Arnold, but he also committed four of the Sooners' six turnovers. What did we learn about OU's new franchise quarterback in San Antonio? Hey, we'll talk about all that and a lot more, but first we want to thank our sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And hey, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to when you're trying to move. Nobody wants to help you. But we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We've got you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. All right, Barry. Hey, you and I were down in San Antonio for that Alamo Bowl. Lots of anticipation building around the Jackson Arnold debut as a starter. Wasn't exactly as good as people had hoped, but what are we to make of Jackson Arnold now after his debut and his four turnovers? Well, it was a little bit of uh, is a little bit of a wide disparity of, of performance, right? Lots to like yeah. about Jackson Arnold. Uh, lots of big throws, lots of poise, um, mobile. But those four turnovers will kill you. They did kill the Sooners. Six actually um, might have got a, might got away with only four. Got away with a victory. But um, the key is is that just first start jitters? Is that just first start? unfamiliarity with such a stage is there any reason to think that will carry over that's the unanswerable question because in modern football you know two turnovers a game is not acceptable from a quarterback much less four but will he grow out of that quickly he needs to but man if he could get rid of the turnovers uh, i think the sooners do indeed have a really special talent on their hands i was very impressed with with Jackson Arnold, other than those mistakes, of course, that goes back to Mrs. Lincoln and, and Ford Theater. So you can't throw those out. But uh, I was, he looked the part to me. He yeah. looked the part. And then you had the turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. The turnovers were a bummer. And, you know, there, there were, um, looked to be late on some throws. That seemed to be the biggest issue, especially early. You know, those, those first quarter turnovers seemed like he had some guys, but then, defenders jumped the route and, and got to it uh, quicker than the receiver could. So, you know, obviously it wasn't a great start, but I thought the way that Jackson Arnold rallied after those early mistakes, you know, he didn't go into a shell. They, uh, they came back after giving up 13 unanswered points early. Then they scored a bunch of their own unanswered points. Uh, you know, obviously that's two-sided coin when they, uh, you know, are getting stops defensively too, but I thought Arnold, you know, didn't didn't wilt. He he hung in there and had him, you know, with a chance to win that ball game in the fourth quarter. Obviously, when you've got receivers, Jalil Farouk, the the main culprit, obviously with two turnovers himself. 
on, on balls that he should have caught and controlled, Barry. The first one, he ran with it before it gets stripped. The second one, he gets hit as the ball gets there, bounces out and, and is basically caught in the air. Um, so, you know, not, not helping Jackson Arnold with a couple of passes that should have been catches instead were were fumbles and losses for the Sooners so uh, just yeah you got to get a little more help and I think it'll be interesting to see what the offensive line looks like moving forward Barry because I mean that was that was a unit that got hit really hard by departures and opt-outs and so Jackson Arnold's playing behind guys that he's not sure what they're going to play like I didn't sense any panic out of him did you I mean did you sense that the offensive line was part of that or or was this more of a Jackson Arnold just not making just not making throws that were quite good enough well I, yeah I I didn't think the offensive line was great and I thought they made a lot of mistakes but I thought in a lot of ways they protected him pretty well you know uh, I think you mentioned this uh, to me um, you know they get six holding calls on the yeah. uh, on the Sooners offensive holding calls all on pass plays but a couple of those came when when they gave Jackson Arnold all day to throw. Yeah. Four, five, six, seven uh, seconds, and he really doesn't do anything with it. Just stands back there waiting for somebody to get open, and eventually somebody holds. And that's, uh, you know, I'm not sure that's on the offensive line. I'm not even yeah. sure it's on Jackson Arnold. Maybe it's on those receivers. You get six seconds to get open, somebody ought to get open. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, thought, I thought it was an uneven day for the offensive line. But in, considering its makeshift status with a couple of starters uh, gone, I, I thought they did okay. And I think, I think uh, that doesn't bode poorly for the future. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I, think, of- I, think, I think Arnold's mobility shown through. I, I think sometimes he just needs to tuck it and run quicker, maybe even. Yeah, yeah. and maybe he, was, maybe he was a little gun shy about running I don't know but he looks like he's a capable runner that's been a part of his game since you know the beginning basically so I would assume that's something that he'll you know probably be I'm sure they're gonna talk about it hey listen you can't stand back there that long it's not gonna work so in those instances if he runs even if he just you know gets a couple yards he doesn't have to have a big gainer but don't get those holding penalties those are killer and they were killer um a lot of a lot of situations where the Sooners found themselves in a deep hole uh, but Barry I mean as we're talking about remade offensive line and and all of this it's obviously this was a game for OU as a lot of these bowl games have become instead of an end to a season a beginning of the next season and obviously with the turnover on offense this was definitely a look ahead to 2024 you can't think about 2024 if you're the Sooners and not think about the SEC. So considering what we saw at Jackson Arnold, only one game, but what do you feel about OU headed to the SEC with Jackson Arnold as the guy, as the guy at quarterback? Better or worse at this point? I actually felt a little better just because, you know, we'd heard so much about Jackson Arnold now for a year and a half, two years, really. Um, you know, when he was a senior down in Denton, hey, he's the he's the future. He's going to be great. And then the year here in Norman, hey, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. And then we saw him, and yeah, he th- threw it around to Arizona. That's not good. But we saw what people were talking about, right? The big arm, uh, the home run ball, the mobility, all those things. He's he's certainly capable. And I thought I came away thinking, you know what? I think they do have the right guy. It sounds like they've got a potential star quarterback. If you don't have a 
star quarterback. What you the next best thing is a potential star quarterback, and that's what they've got. And um, a lot of the uh, you know Danny Stutzman led the charge, but a lot of the teammates after the game, you know, endorsed uh, Arnold uh, really without without a lot of uh, pushing from the media. And um, Stutzman grabbed Arnold walking off the field and and was uh, was talking to him and told us, you know, he said, hey, you're the guy, this is going to go great, blah, blah, blah. So I I came more encouraged. I think I think OU will be ahead of the curve at quarterback going into the SEC. Can't have four, interse- can't have four turnovers, can't have two a game. Yeah. But I was, I came away thinking, you know what, I think, I think the guy's the real deal. I'm encouraged. Well, I think I think he's going to be fine long term, but I do think he's going to be a first year starter in the SEC next year. And there's going to be times when he may not turn it over four times, but he's going to make mistakes and he's going to make mistakes that Dylan Gabriel probably wouldn't have made. And so I think people probably just have to come to grips with that, that I, I mean, it, people have been saying it. I'm not saying anything new in terms of the ceiling is probably higher likely higher for Jackson Arnold than it is for Dylan Gabriel. What he can be is probably a better quarterback than Dylan Gabriel could eventually be. Um, we saw it on some of those deep throws, Barry. It looks so effortless. I mean, that throw to Nick Anderson in the, in the you know side of the end zone, corner of the end zone, puts it on a line. And frankly, the catch by Nick Anderson was unbelievable too, getting his, his toe dragged there on the in the end zone. But those are the type of throws that, you know, really make you sit up and, and go, okay, this guy has got some skill that developed, you know, go through the spring, go through the fall. He could be a whole heck of a lot better come, you know, September when the Sooners open at home with three non-conference games that they should win pretty easily. I think those are going to be important games for Jackson Arnold to continue to develop, evolve, because then it hits. Then the SEC hits and he's going to have to be ready to go. But I think, I mean, to me, Barry, I, I just, I assume that there's going to be games when he has, you know, some struggles when he throws it to the other team, when he doesn't play great. That's what first year starters at quarterback do. And in the SEC, I have zero doubt that's what they do. It's going to happen. So Oklahoma is going to have to, you know, come to grips, both players, coaches, and fans, with the fact that that's just likely to happen. And then they're going to have to figure out, can we make up for it? Can the defense stand up? Can it do its job? Can the offense bounce back and do its job? They're just going to have to have, uh, you know, in their mind that they're likely to be times when he has mistakes out there. Yeah, and you know when uh, you talked about his star power or, or the the things you saw that were really you mentioned the pass to Nick Anderson. He's moving to his left and throwing against his body with that great pass. So he clearly has the talent. Um, you're right. First year quarterbacks do struggle. Just look at Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel much better his second year at OU, and this was after three years at UCF. So each year is going to get better, and yeah, he'll have some growing pains. That's why the schedule sets up really well. I know we've talked a lot about the stiffness and the toughness of this OU schedule, but the schedule sets up really well for the Sooners. You mentioned those three games, Temple, Houston, Tulane, I think is the order. I can't really remember, but um, better that than, you know, having Michigan or somebody in week two. But it, it does set up to give him some runway to get more comfortable before the likes of, of Tennessee and Ole Miss and LSU and eventually Alabama come around. But uh, I just I think the Sooners um, are pleased that they do have the talent level quarterback that they think they, they need. 
and they can live with the experience part. Um, We'll see how he develops. He played a high level of high school football. So he's, uh, you know, Texas uh, class 5A and Denton is as good as it gets. So he's, he's been uh, as, he's been as prepared as possible. And, you know, the Sooners will have to live with the growing pains. They had six, here's, here's the way I look at it. They had six turnovers in the Alamo Bowl against a really good team and still could have won. Yeah. Uh, drop that to five, you probably win. Drop that to four, you do win. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're silvered linings, but you're right. Growing pains, probably going to be the norm uh, throughout this season. And now the one thing I liked in San Antonio, though, despite the makeshift, uh, the makeshift uh, offensive line, Despite the uh, the horrid start, which put o, uh, put OU in a thirteen zero hole, the offensive—I mean, uh, the running game—really got going. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's going to be a, a quarterback's best friend. If the Sooners can get Gavin Sawchuck running like he did against Arizona, he goes over a hundred yards, does a great job. Uh, they hit some. They hit some big plays uh, a year ago. The Sooners uh, got a running game going against Florida State in the Orlando Bowl. If they can, you know, they, they didn't really, they didn't really carry that over to this season or to the twenty-three season. If they can carry this one over to the twenty-four season, that's going to be the best thing that could happen to to Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I thought the I thought the running game was definitely a positive. I think you know, kind of quietly because, you know, Dylan Gabriel, the success that he was having late in the regular season, and obviously the Jackson Arnold takeover became such big news. We kind of, you know, the running game was just happening in the background, kind of, <laughs> kind of just doing its thing. But I think Sawchuck really uh, showed himself the last half of the season. He's very capable, uh, went over a hundred yards several times. So I think uh, he's the guy that heading forward, you got to feel great about I don't know if Javante Barnes will ever really get back out there. We saw Ty Wee Walker uh, as the other running back in the bowl game. He's transferred, announced he's headed off to Wisconsin, which frankly I think could suit him really well, really tough runner. Uh, I assume the the Badgers like tough runners uh, over the years they have. I think they'll they'll like him up there as well. So that leaves uh, some incoming freshmen, Taylor Tatum. Uh, you know, he's a, a huge recruit, best running back in the country. Does he become a guy that can step into, you know, a role where he is part of this offense in a big way from day one? You've got Xavier Robinson, the big running back from Carl Albert coming in in the freshman class as well. So how do those guys factor in? I don't know, but Gavin Sawchuck, very uh, fast. We saw him make some great plays out there. I thought that was very encouraging. Uh, you know, just continuing to build on what we've already seen out of him in the running game. I think it'd be good if they had some other guys to help in that regard, which I think sort of begs a question too. You know, playmakers, uh, as we watch, uh, you know, some of these SEC teams that Oklahoma is going to find itself facing in the not too distant future. You look around and you see playmakers out there, not just not just the quarterbacks. They got playmakers everywhere, running back, tight end, receiver. So Jackson Arnold, we believe he's going to be a guy who is pretty dynamic, you know, eventually as, as the quarterback of the Sooners. What about around him? Gavin Sawchuck looks like a playmaker, but does he have enough other guys around him? Does he have enough playmakers right now? Well, I don't know. Somebody like me might say no. Um... I've actually been saying it for a couple of years. I think OU's wide receivers are annually overrated um, just because you throw a lot. 
and you've got successful quarterbacks, it doesn't mean your your wide receivers are an all-star crew. Uh, clearly, the the upper level talent is down from what we became accustomed to in Norman. When you look at Sterling Shepard and D.D. Westbrook, Hollywood Brown, uh, into uh, C.D. Lamb, Marvin Mims. I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Sooners have any of those players. Jalil Farouk, of course, was in many ways the go to the game with his two fumbles. Sooners are uh, 15 yards from going up 31 to 13 in that game, and he he bobbles that pass, and up it goes. And the kid from uh, Maldonado from Arizona returns at 87 yards uh, for a touchdown. Then it's everybody anybody's game, and Arizona won it. So I just I'm I'm skeptical that OU's ta- receiving talent is as as elite, as elite as we sometimes think it is. Now they got the new guy coming in from Purdue, who apparently is really good, uh, Dion Burks. We also uh, Andrelsa Anthony from Michigan yeah. is off to a good start with the Sooners in 23. Has the uh, has the knee injury, which is unfortunate. If he's back and doing well, all of a sudden that that thing gets a lot deeper. Nick Anderson is a very good player. Al Ashbeck keeps telling me he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Um, he doesn't go over the middle that much. They don't throw the ball to him that much. Um, so um, some, some people need to, to believe it as much as others for that to happen. But um, I think the possibility is there for the receivers to be uh, the playmakers that Oklahoma needs, but I don't know that they're yet, there yet as the Sooners go into the SEC. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you look at Nick Anderson, you look at Jaden Gibson, those guys look like big time receivers, tall, you know, long strides, you know, wide reach guys that you think, okay, these guys are going to go up and make, you know, really competitive catches, go high point the ball, grab it, bring it down. We haven't really seen in in volume. We haven't really seen that from those guys. We, you know, Drake Stoops was was the go to guy, um, and now he's out of eligibility. You know, we couldn't have Stoops. It's a sooner forever, I guess. But uh, Drake Stoops eligibility out, and now you know the question of who who's next. You know, who's that who's that security blanket? But also, you know, who's going to score a lot of touchdowns for this team? I think it's going to be interesting to see. I talked about freshmen coming in at running back. It's going to be interesting to see how these freshman wide receivers uh, play into the plans because this is as uh, they've got a, a big group of, of wide receivers coming in, but also very ballyhooed, lots of four-star type of guys coming in that, you know, receivers a, a position that you can you can think about freshmen coming in and playing right away uh, at that position and, and being very valuable. So, you know, is there a guy, two guys more that could potentially be there? Because I agree, Barry, you know, Marvin, ben, Marvin Mims was only, you know, he was a sooner a year ago. So it's, it's not like they've been without sort of that dynamic guy for a long time, but you start to realize that, you know, they don't, they don't have that, that Hollywood Brown. They don't have that DD Westbrook, that guy that can really go make a big time play. So they're looking and, you know, if Andrew Anthony's healthy and he becomes that guy, that would be huge. Uh, you know, maybe there's other, other guys out of the portal they'll be looking at because there's still movement out there. So that's a potential area. I know we're going to talk about the portal in a sec, but that's an area where maybe they need to go look again for another guy. Well, here's the thing you brought up Drake Stoops. And uh, of course the thing I think of when I think about Drake is the feel good story, walk on to indispensable receiver, all those things, all big 12. But let's just ask a simple question. Who's going to go over the middle and catch passes next year? Literally, yeah. 
every game, almost every possession, the Sooners needed somebody to run a slant or a crossing pattern in traffic and make a tough catch, and they threw it to Drake Stoops almost every time. And almost every time he produced. That's a massive hole. They can probably find a home run guy better, easier than they can find a, a replacement for Drake Stoops, who six years ago uh, wasn't even uh, a scholarship recruit. So, um, yeah, Drake Stoops is going to be missed for much more than his name. He's going to be missed for that ability to get in the middle of the field and catch a pass and get whacked right as he catches it and hang on. So, um, so you're right. Uh, I uh, I think there's probably enough depth there that somebody could emerge. Maybe the portal comes back, but I just I'd feel better about Jackson Arnold if he had more help over the middle and more consistency out of that receiving core. Yeah, and you know the tight end position is a position that Oklahoma needs to step it up to. I mean, look around the SEC; every team has got one or two tight ends that are always able to. When you talk about you know making a big catch, you know sort of something short, eight, six, eight yards. Some a lot of times it's the tight end, and those guys are wildly valuable. And Oklahoma really hasn't had that guy for a little while now. So I don't know. Maybe they can go back to that almost fullback tight end hybrid type of player that they had. That you know whether you go back to the JD Runnels, uh, you know, sort of built from there. Guys that Bob Stoops always loved to talk about. If they could get a guy or two like that, I think that would help offensively as well. Because, and and I think it, it would be helpful to have guys that are, uh, you know, able to help in the blocking and all those sorts of things. But I think that tight end position can be really, really valuable moving into the SEC as well. Hey, uh, before we talk a little bit more about portal, let's talk about the defense because Arizona's offense, you know pretty highly regarded. A lot of Pac-12 offenses are, but OU's defense, that was the side of the ball for the Sooners that really wasn't decimated by opt-outs or transfers. How do you think the OU defense uh, did against Arizona, and, and what does it sort of mean moving forward in your mind? Oh, I thought they had a solid game. Uh, rough first quarter. Uh, the offense wasn't doing anything. Uh, Sooners got behind the eight ball, but they kept Arizona twice out of the end zone, made him kick short field goals. Uh, so instead of uh, 17 or 21 nothing, the deficit was 13-0. They gave up the long pass for a touchdown. And then in the, uh, you know, late in the game, the fourth quarter, they gave up a long touchdown drive. But Arizona's offense came in widely acclaimed. Remember, we were all talking about the uh, Noah, uh, Noah Fafita, the, uh, the freshman quarterback, had taken the Pac-12 by storm. And that was a real threat when when the Sooners played uh, Arizona. So I thought the defense held up pretty good. Now, it wasn't dominant. It wasn't great, but they stuffed the U of A run game. They made them uh, go up top, and Arizona produced. But that's modern football that offenses are going to have their place. So I thought the defense held up pretty good. Uh, the pass rush was excellent. A great, great game plan by Brent Venables. With, uh, it went with more speed guys on the, uh, on the field. Uh, Kendall Dolby playing mostly most of the time at Cheetah instead of Desan McCullough and doing some blitzing. Sooners blitzed a lot, really uh, put their corners and, and DBs on an island, and mostly they held up and they got to Fafita on a regular basis. So I was fairly encouraged uh, by the by the play of the defense in that game. I don't think this was a game that was lost by the defense. 
No, I would definitely agree with that. And they obviously got put behind the eight ball with all those turnovers. And some of them, you know, were pretty short fields that they were facing. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree that there was, there was a lot on this defense, but a, a few times I've, I've, Still would like to see the secondary cover better. Sometimes where receivers were catching the ball with, you know, very little resistance. I think that's, that was problematic for me. Uh, you know, I'd like to see, especially late in the year when you've got guys that are really pretty veteran in that, in those situations, you'd like to see that handle better. Um, you know, some of it was, it seemed, seemed like what you were talking about with those, uh, you know, guys in the secondary, maybe on an island, they weren't quite up on a guy like they needed to be. And then, you know, he's able to make the catch and, and run a little bit. But sometimes it looked like guys were, you know, sneaking into, into areas that weren't uncovered or there was some uh, miscommunication. I know that happens. What you said is right. Modern football creates those opportunities. And, you know, there are going to be mistakes here and there. But you'd really like to see a defense with, you know, guys that are, like I said, largely intact. You don't have a unit that is trying to figure things out with a bunch of new guys. I thought that would be a little bit better. So that was disappointing that we didn't see that on point more often than not. There was just some times that I thought, man, you know, that's that's not good. And I think, again, you know, what you said is right. It was the offense losing this game. But to lose another fourth quarter lead – you know, that's uh, Oklahoma's three losses this year. Again, late, they had leads and they weren't able su to sustain them. And that's got to be on everybody. You got to take, everybody's got to take responsibility for that. So I think that's one of those things that, you know, y y everybody has to feel like, hey, they made progress. They didn't lose as many close games as they did a year ago. Obviously started to turn the corner in that regard, but still have some work to do and finishing ball games and winning close games and not giving up those leads late. Um, so that, that's something I'm sure that will continue to be a point of emphasis. Before we get out of here, talked about the portal a second ago and maybe some areas Oklahoma can look at, but you know, we were going to continue to see guys getting into the portal, teams looking at them. What, what do you feel like, Barry? Where, where are the greatest needs for the Sooners? Receiver seems like it might maybe top of the list, but where do you think they're going to need to go as the, the portal act activity continues to flow? I think they need at least one and probably two more offensive linemen. Uh, the O-line getting wiped out. Uh, McQuaid Mattire and, uh, and Walter Rouse played but they're in, in the Alamo Bowl, but their eligibility is gone. Uh, you had uh, Andrew Rhyme and, uh, and Tyler Guyton mm -hmm. move on. So this is going to be a remade offensive line. Caden Green hits the portal. So brand new offensive line. Uh, Brent Venables already brought in two fellas from the offensive line. Said he wanted to bring in four, so I assume he will. Uh, some, some guys who have played it quite a bit will be back. Some guys who played in the bowl game will be back. Uh, Everett, uh, Sexton, uh, that crowd, they've, they've shown promise. But clearly the depth for, for players ready to play, the depth is pretty small. So. Uh, especially going into the SEC, that's a major thing. They, I would, I would say that offensive line additions are vital to Jackson Arnold and the Sooners' 2024 fortunes in the SEC. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's got to be a, a continued area of improvement, and the portal's the best way to get there, especially when you're talking about that position. Veteran guys 
it's hard to, you know, it's hard to build from within. You need some of those guys, but if you're looking for, you know, instant improvement, you got to get into the portal on the, on the line. We've seen it on the defensive side, Oklahoma going out and getting some guys that provided instant help. Some of those guys will return. I think they need to continue to go get defensive linemen, quite honestly, because you can never have enough of those. And I think linebacker is an area where they need to go maybe look for somebody veteran. I mean, obviously Stutzman, Kip Lewis, those two guys seem pretty well entrenched, playing really well. But I, I just I feel like that's still a pretty thin position with what Brent Venables wants. It is better this year than it was a year ago when we saw so many snaps for, for the linebackers that played. But I think that's an area where uh, they could definitely use some more depth, some more talent, some more experience. Uh, not necessarily, I don't know if it changes the starters, but I think that's one of those areas where you might need more uh, bodies out there, more capable bodies. And, and it's just, I just don't know that they've got the, the, you know, inner, uh, ability, you know, with, from within, they've had some guys that they've continued to try to develop and we've just not seen them sort of come to the fore. So I don't, I think that might be a spot where, you know, as Oklahoma looks at the SEC, maybe that's where they need to, uh, also bu- buoy themselves, Uh, in the portal. We'll see how that goes. Uh, You know, as I said, portal's going to continue to go. So we'll continue to follow that. But that's all the time we've got this week. So we'll continue to cover the portal and the Sooner News Cycle, which never stops. We'll have all sorts of OU content this week at selloutcrowd.com. And you can find Barry and I at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And hey, if you want our content at your fingertips, we have got you covered with something super cool now in 2024. We have a new app. It's available for iPhone and Android, and you can download it today. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.